This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Our guest today is mechanic Allison Walker. Welcome. Today it's time we uh, give our homes a break and show some love and attention to our cars and trucks. What can we do to prepare our vehicles for the winter? How does the cold weather affect the car battery? What about that temperamental low tire light that comes on every time it gets cold? How do you know what grade of oil to use when the temperature drops? You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is Fixit 101 from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. We should scratch out the home improvement part there today and say uh, auto improvement, car improvement. Uh, Del Moore is here from Affordable Solutions 601. Jeff Sammons is here from Houseworks. Our guest is mechanic Miss Allison Walker. Today is time we give our homes a break and show some attention and love to our cars and trucks. What can we do to prepare our vehicles for winter? Yes, we will actually get a winter at some point, I'm assuming, if maybe only for a week. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and my favorite thing, and I mentioned this during the, the opening break here, what about that temperamental low tire light? And no sooner did I say that than Sharita uh, Brent from here at MPB sent me a picture of her dashboard with the low tire light on. And uh, it, it's amazing. I know that all the tire stores in town are giddy on the first cool day of the year when everybody comes in. Uh, because their low tire pressure light is on, and they get to sell a bunch of tires today. Right, right. So uh, th- th- I mentioned to Jeff that this is uh, the the low tire pressure light is the greatest gimmick since college school books. So um, scam. It's great, but it's not a scam because you want to keep the correct tire pressure in in uh, in your tires. However, it, it's not that. It's not that. It is important. I just found out. Um, if your tires are not at the right pressure, you could be doing damage to the tire. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, Allison's here. Uh, how are you doing, Allison? I'm great. Okay, she is ready to take on the world this morning with your car questions. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at org. So how are you doing this morning, Del? Oh, man, absolutely good. Yeah, any big projects going on? Any small projects going on? Well, the have small you installed ones. A doorknob lately? Um, you got your safety glasses on. I can't see, so you're ready. Right. Oh yeah, I've been to the job already <laughs> this morning. You know, I wake up and want to work. Yeah. But actually, um, no little jobs. Um, people just want the big stuff. They want to um, gut out the kitchen uh, before Thanksgiving. They want to change and add a bathroom, and you know, the floor plan. 
all of a sudden, you know, just interior decorating all of a sudden. Okay. That, that That's fun for me as far as the demolition goes. You know, you have to do stuff. So that's, that's right. Much fun. That's right. So how about you, Jim? Demo's always fun. Yes, yeah. we started our... Um, our new house at uh, Lake Cleary. Uh-huh. We've got equipment down there, putting a pad in, putting a seawall in. So, uh, man, everything's seawall. good. Nothing, you feel like no, a pirate when you say that, don't nothing you? Nothing like a good seawall. <laughs> what is a seawall? <laughs> that is literally a wall that they put by the water to keep right. the water from coming onto your property. Well, I thought that was pretty yeah, right. That's right. self-explanatory. Right. You know, it could be called a pond Is it a lake wall? wall? Okay. Yeah, a lake yeah, wall. Yeah, a lake, a lake wall. wall. It does sea sound wall. very piratey, though. Seawall sounds better. Right. Yeah, it does. It's like SeaWorld, only different. Right. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Talking about uh, cars and trucks this morning. Of course, we've got our regular contractors here, so they'll talk about whatever you would like to speak of. However, uh, we've got a couple of really important questions asked this morning of Miss Allison. So, Allison, uh, big question, and this used to be a big fight in my family a long time ago when I was little, okay? Why is it important to warm up your car in the morning? What is the purpose? Well, in my opinion... You get a lot of different things. I hear people say a lot of different stuff. But for me, it's you got to realize the car has a whole bunch of different seals in it. Rubber gaskets, camshaft seals, all these different things that if you don't let it warm up for just a second to expand just a little bit, then when you go now, what and is, you drive what is, off. What does warming up do? Does it, does it uh, move uh, fluid within the engine? They just literally the seals expand. You just give them time to get to get into position. So it's just based the piston on heat. rings. It's just heat. It's just based on heat. Um, and when you let them just seal up for a moment, you mm-hmm. know, I, I recommend about thirty seconds to a minute, which mm-hmm. is not very long. And then when you drive it, everything's sealed up, so you're not pushing oil out where it's not supposed to be. You keep your compression in your cylinders, head gaskets, wow. sealed coolant, stuff like that. So over time, that can really help a car out. Really, a lot. Uh, that can keep your car Does that running. Include like a new car. That's everything. All of them, all really? the time. If it's never been done before, start doing it today and don't ever stop. You know, even if you get in a rush, and when you get in a rush is when the worst. And you drive off fast, nothing's sealed up, so you're shoving oil and everything. You're getting them past the seals, so that's where oil leaks, a lot of oil leaks and stuff come from. Compression loss from Look your piston you. rings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. It's a good answer too. I didn't, uh, I didn't see that one coming. I always okay. thought it was like uh, preheating the oven. You just, you know, getting it ready <laughs> so you can drive. You know, I thought but, it had something to do with the, uh, the, you know, the oil in the engine. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, so you do want your oil to circulate for sure. But that happens right. fairly quickly. But yeah, mainly the heat. Wow, that's cool. No the remedy they would say um, let it warm up so the oil could pump through, so you wouldn't reach uh, blowing the tire right, rod or right. something. Well, the the funny thing is, is that you know now he said oil to the tire rod. I mean, that's just kind of the wrong words there, but you know I'm a uh, old just, granddaddy. You just got caught by a mechanic with saying the wrong thing. She know I use the granddaddy terms like monkey the, wrench and put uh, the fuel overture. injector in the flux capacitor and then they're actually in the modulators capacitor. and stuff. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we're going to try to keep away from words that no one understands this morning, but uh, we're, we're trying to use words like pump and, I, I don't know, 
other words instead oil. of oil. Oil. Yeah. Oil. Yeah. oil. Right. It has come a lot more than that now. It's real technical. Um, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can uh, send us an email. Fixit101. Uh, was that right? No, Fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So there we go. Oh, by the way, and if you want it to uh, podcast the show, you can hear this show or any previous show by downloading the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You got to do that, Allison. While you're working on cars, you can listen to Fix It 101. You're right. Now, isn't that fun? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So we've been talking about warming up cars this morning and the reason why you should do it. One of the crazy things is a lot of new cars, and I mean a lot of them, come with uh a uh, an auto start feature or a start with your uh, key, you know, you can, you right. can go ahead and start the car from inside, which is the most jealousy causing thing for me because I have to go outside and crank the car because it's an older car. But um, seeing someone like stand in their window and crank the car makes me just angry. When now you know you can add that to any car, right? Really. Yes. Just okay, like tell me about system. how you do that. <laughs> or, or just like an alarm system. Yeah, you got a self-start that you can add. How do you know? Where do you go? They've been doing that since the 90s, I think, maybe, or sooner. Okay. <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> what, what do you, what do you uh, where do you go to do that kind of thing? Uh, you know, anywhere you get an alarm put on. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a, it's a similar setup. Oh. Some alarm systems have that in it. So, so I've got uh, self-start. So I've got an, an older vehicle. I can I can still do that. Yep. Look at you, Any car. smart lady. Thirty <laughs> degrees out, and you can stand in your house and crank your truck. That angers I mean, me. Come on. That it, angers it, me. That sure people can do better. that. So, all right. Make sure you have your heating set on. <laughs> yeah, put your heat on, and not the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't leave the air conditioning on from the previous day when you when you parked. When it, it got hot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. Eight 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 three seven two. Give. Uh, how does the cold weather affect the car's battery? I notice it takes a few more turns in the morning when it gets cold. What's that about? It's, a, it's if you've got a weak battery, it's mm-hmm. going to go ahead and and bring it on down and make it where it's not as strong. It, why it, why it does that happen in cold? Um, I'm trying to remember why it is. Um, it's got to be a physics answer to that. It's a physics mm-hmm. answer. I think oh, okay. it's due to electrolytes being depleted, and so it's just not it's not going to be as strong in the winter. The cold affects it. So you have got your cold starting value on the on the batteries because it does affect it so much. It brings down its voltage. It's amps, something like that. Right. And um, so when you have a weak battery, that's when you'll usually notice it in the winter because oh. it's having a harder time juicing you up. Okay. All right. Let's go to Kathy and Jackson's got a question about changing the air filter. Are you with us, Kathy? Yes, I am. So what's up with your air filter? Well, so every time I get my oil changed, they say, oh, you need to change your air filter. And yet every man in my life says that's a gimmick and don't do it. So I want to know what the actual answer is. Let's ask a, a, a new woman in your life, uh, Allison. Hey, Kathy. All right. Hey. I will say this for everyone, and everyone needs to, to listen to this closely about cars. Um when you when you get your car, pull out your owner's manual and learn your maintenance schedule yourself. So when people come to you and try to tell you this, that, and the other, you already know. And uh, and you need to know intervals a little bit. Like, it'll say, just look at your air filter, recommends around about 15,000 miles. And that's about once a year. And that goes for cabin and your car filter, which is very important on both of them. 
Um, it, it is important. A lot of times they... Hang on, hang on just a second, Allison. I'm going to play dumb guy here. Sure. Uh, I have heard of this before, but I want to play dumb guy. What do you mean? Are there two filters? There are. There's a cabin and, a, and the engine air filter. What's which the cabin one do? That keeps everything out of your air system, your AC system, and you don't need that clogging up up in there or getting into any any of those parts and components like in there. filter for so allergies or something? It's filter for everything in that system. Allergies also. Some of them have like a charcoal filter effect, a HEPA filter effect, uh, you can get one if it doesn't. So I can make my car not smell as bad by changing that. Um, actually, if you're having a smell problem, it's mm-hmm. probably like your evaporator's gotten moldy or something like that. So it's more serious. No than, fun. Than All right, go back to Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, everybody needs to know what their maintenance schedule on their own. And you need to keep a log and keep up with it yourself so you know when it was changed. I, I highly recommend that for anyone. And it doesn't matter if your car's got 300,000 miles on it. You're just now doing it. Get it on the schedule and know what your schedule is by your mileage and how many years you've been driving. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, guys tend to, I think, default to, oh, that's a gimmick. I'm not paying that. Uh, But I will say, it is a thing when you go to get your oil changed. The first thing they say, they haven't even lifted the hood yet. Man, your filter is a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I I spotted it when you were pulling in. That filter is clogged. (laughs) No, miss the big stuff. I can can hear it. (laughs) I can hear the filter is clogged. Right. (laughs) Right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. This is going to be a fun day, folks. If you have a question about a car or any other home improvement issue, you can give us a call. We'll continue our discussion after the break. Listeners, what questions do you have about uh, your winter car maintenance? You can call us with your questions, comments, or just tell, tell us what project you're working on. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at MPB. Online.org. We'll be right back. Mississippi Public Broadcasting Foundation seeks a development director with the responsibility for raising funds and securing financial support from the corporate community for its statewide public broadcasting agency, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. More information at mpbonline.org. At a federal prison in Pennsylvania, guards routinely put prisoners in handcuffs and restraints. We are currently in dog block, first floor, specifically cell 01, duty inmate Brown. Restraints are allowed to keep inmates safe, but they're not allowed as punishment. I'm Kelly McEvers. An NPR investigation found that happens anyway. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Mr. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is here, and our guest is mechanic Allison Walker. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.com. Dot org. So uh, talking to Allison this morning about fixing your car or fixing any DIY home improvement thing you've got. We've got a couple of contractors in the building. Actually, it's crazy because sitting in this room, not including myself, are uh, a lot of uh, money that if you would have to have one of these folks come out and evaluate what's going on with your home or your car, uh, now you're getting it for free. That's pretty cool, right? Free auto advice is a big deal. That's a really big deal because people drive around all day long and they'll hear a tick or they'll feel a bump or something and they want to know, but they're afraid to take it to a mechanic because honestly, we've been trained after a long time that we're afraid of getting ripped off. Yes, yeah, I am a, too. No, that's, that's true. That's why I've really got into it. Hell bit. Really yeah. serious about mechanic work because I was kind of getting tired of it too a little bit. Here and there, I'd let people do stuff on it, uh-huh. bigger projects, bigger things, and I, I'm not letting anybody touch my cars anymore. But I'm certain, you know, I'm getting certified and everything now, so that's part right. of that. But yeah, it is. It's a. It's a. It's hard to navigate that world for people who don't even know where air filter is. You know? <clears throat> right. Right. Absolutely. Even for people. Well, and, and and two. Um, I think cars have got well. I know they have. They've gotten much more complicated than no, yeah. you know when when there was a distributor and a and a points and you know things of that nature. Now now everything's fuel injected and um, or forget that you can't run the dashboard, Harley. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out where to turn it off. More complicated than a cell phone. They make it where you got to take the tire off and the front axle just to change the filter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, 877-MPB-RING. Timothy's on the line in Louisiana and has a suggestion. You with us, Timothy? Yes. So what's going on this morning? Well, my suggestion is this. When you buy a vehicle, a new vehicle, Mm -hmm. buy the service manual that goes with it. That's a great idea. You should have a nice toolkit in your vehicle at all times, you know? I actually recommend that to my regular customers to go ahead and get the service manual because all data is not going to cover everything the service manual is. So, yeah, that's that's very Boy, howdy. I've got the service manual for mine, and it has saved my butt so many times. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Right. I love that. Let me see. Timothy, (laughs) how much did the service manual cost? Well, I paid full pop for my ride in a Scion XB, and I told the guy, look, you know, I'm paying cash. Uh Uh-huh. Give me some bump, you know. Right. And um, he said, what do you want? I said, the service manuals. He says, that's $150. I said, yeah. Right. <laughs> and he, I, I had I got the service yeah. manuals, you know, and, you know. Um, hey, man, I'm giving you 20 grand. Why don't you hit me with 150 bucks, right? Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You know? Give me give me some land, yeah. Right. That's yeah. smart. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, I tell you what, uh, I, it has saved my butt. I, it's 150 miles to the nearest Scion dealership. Ah, okay. Yeah. And I have pulled the engine myself. Mm. Um, I have rebuilt the front end several times because of these Louisiana roads. Right. Right. You know. 
Maybe yeah. it'd be just the same, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think it's worse. That. And it depends on where you no, are as to how works. bad it gets. Uh, that's yeah. a really interesting point. It, well, it actually depends on what road in Jackson you're on uh, as to how bad the roads are. Dirt roads. Well, it's pretty much the same thing. All right, yeah, thanks, Timothy. I Timothy. want a dirt road in the swamp, so, you know. I'd rather have a dirt road. I can actually fill in the potholes. So. Yeah. All right, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. All right, y'all have a good one. You, you know, he does bring up a, a really good point. A lot of people, this happens a lot of times, you'll go in to get your car service, whether it be oil change or, or something of that nature, and someone says, your CV joints are blown out. Uh, you'll need to fix that. That'll be $600. Thank you. Yeah. What's yeah. going on there, Allison? I don't know with that. That's uh I've I've heard so many crazy things of diagnostics and then these crazy estimates and I'm not gonna name names, but it's right. it's across the so, board. So all right, explain to folks because I think a lot of people hear this. What is a CV joint? That's a continuous velocity joint. Okay. Yeah, uh, what does it do? It it turns your wheels from your engine. From your transmission, that's mm-hmm. all it does, and it's able to go up and down and move with your suspension, so that's why it's it's called that. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll click when they go bad, so if you haven't heard anything, you they're they're I I don't if they're talking about the boot, maybe it leaking yeah. from the boot, that's a possibility, and then yes, you need to replace them right away. Okay, so let's say the uh, the the boot is cracked, broken, leaking, um, so I can have the person repair that. And what would be something reasonable to repair that, honestly? On a CV joint, um, yeah, it, it really kind of varies where you get your parts from and where you go to get it done. If it's an independent shop or it's a dealer, right, uh, if say you use get, OEM parts, it's a Let's say I get the, the, the OEM parts. I get the good stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I go to change it myself. How much is that part going to cost on average? I think the CV joints run about $250. Uh-huh. Uh, and the boot? For, no, not the boot for the whole joint itself. Right. A piece. Okay. Um, like, would it be better head. to buy the whole joint instead of the um, boot just itself? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, Allison, answer this for me. I think I'm correct, but all that boot is is just like a dust cover. Is it? I Basically. mean, that, mm-hmm. that that boot is not full of anything. It it keeps the the, the it's the, greasy. There is grease in there. Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But then there's a there's got to be a seal somewhere. There, there is on each end of it, but okay. it, inside it does. There's a um, the most CV joints are a little tripod joint mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. That's is greased up, so if you get can, contamination in there, it's going to tear that up. Okay, that's okay. why the boot's important. I, I got okay. you. And the reason for that, and, and it's funny if if you drive through, uh, say, a bad uh, street at some point, nail a pothole or a curb or something like that one good time, you'll notice you get a knocking on one particular side of your vehicle mm-hmm. when you turn real hard. And uh, and that's typically what they're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It seems to be an easy target in Mississippi, uh, and I'm sure Louisiana, that those things go out quite a lot for some reason. They uh, do in all the all the, all the suspension ball joints, tie really? rod ends, sway bar links. Are we, I, I replace are we making those constantly. wrong? Uh, Is it a bad you system? Want me to, can I talk noise? Uh, sure. I've noticed where American car companies have amazing amounts of problems with that sort of thing, and Japanese just simply don't in the vicinity of it. But really? 
Absolutely. We got to think about like the rubber grade, uh-huh. you know, American manufacturers are used, to, you know, the, the, the least solids in their rubber, uh-huh. whereas Japanese will put the best rubber that they can on their car that they can afford as a company. So you have things that go out a lot quicker on American cars. I've noticed like really low mileage, surprisingly, like I replaced a rack of pinion on a Chevy van recently. It only had 90,000 miles, a wow. whole rack of pinion. Wow. Plus all the other suspension I've done for like almost everything, struts, uh, wow. ball joints, tie rod ends. I mean, it's like the whole car needs well, replaced. And Spooky. these are um, very kind of expensive little jobs for oh, the little yeah. rubber boot. And you know, she's a retired lady. So I I hate it, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. she's you know she's kind of got a dud. Eight seven eight seven seven MPB ring is the number to call eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or you can go online fix it one oh one at mpbonline.org. You mentioned just a few moments ago emergency items in your vehicle. You're talking about tools in the vehicle. Um, one thing that I noticed years ago, I had a blown tire, and I had all the things I needed to fix said tire, except for a flashlight mm-hmm. and boy that gets really dark on a lonely road without a flashlight uh, and it's hard to see what you're doing you know? and you know it never fails that flat tire is going to be on the traffic side right, <laughs> right. it's amazing well and the thing That's is true. and it's funny because uh, I recommend I really do recommend this a lot of people uh, have uh, or need to get a flashlight in their car. And handhelds are good, but you got to remember, when you're trying to replace a tire, your hands are busy. So uh, if you can get one of those uh, either hunting lights or a headlight, mm-hmm. uh, those are fantastic to use in those situations. Uh, and you can also use one of the types of lights that kind of stands by the by the tire where you're working. Uh, but you, it's it's difficult to get a light that is a handheld. A lot of people will try to take a handheld, put it in their mouth, and try to hold it. And it's a, it's a great way to break your teeth. But um, outside of that, you know, you should probably just get something else. Yeah. But do keep do keep uh, a flashlight of sorts in your vehicle, and even a set of extra batteries uh, or a plug-in. Yeah, or something. I yeah. love the twelve volt everything. I have a twelve volt impact gun that I use. Really, a half inch, and oh, I love it. Can I wow. have that? Oh my god, I love it. Okay, eight seven seven MPB ring. If you've got a question about, uh, if you've got a question about cars or any DIY project going on, uh, what are the most common car problems in the winter? Common car problems in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say you really deal dealing with the batteries um, is a problem. The with the car, the tire light that comes on, you, we start seeing that a lot in the winter because all those those sensors are set to where it's only two or three psi from what it's supposed to be, and it'll set it off, which mm-hmm. drives me nuts. Uh, we can go on a whole show on that, but um, so it's literally only needs like two or three pounds of. So, so, and and some people will notice that tire light will go off in the morning when it's 50 outside, but when you come back out of work and it's 85 outside, the tire light is not on anymore. It's warmed up. Right. It's warmed up. The air's expanded. So there's, there's not actually anything wrong with your tire. Uh, I think I think uh, people have a tendency to freak out a little bit when they see that tire oh, light. Oh, yeah. When we're at Toyota, there's a lot of people pulling up left and right when it got cold. Yeah. And we just throw some air in it real quick. It's Everything's fine. fine. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. Owen is on the line in Louisville. And let's see, you got a, uh, a question. Oh, wait, no, that's Louisville. How's it going, Owen? Good morning. Morning. Sorry, I, 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 uh, I've been in baseball mode the past couple of days, and so I saw it. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, very well. So what's your Except question? We need some rain. Yes, we do oh, need some yes, rain. please. We do need some I rain. I drove by a car dealership the other day, and all of them were all real dusty. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> it did not look good. Right. But anyway, my question, mm-hmm. uh, to build up to this, uh, my wife and I retired in 2013. Mm-hmm. We put up a metal structure and roof and built a house to and under that and have uh, poured a footing, uh, built from the footing on concrete box, and then put a brick veneer on the outside of it. On the south side of the house, uh, we put in a buried utility. Uh, it goes about four feet from the, uh, the brick uh, where that utility went. With the drought, mm-hmm. I have cracks in the ground on that end of the house that have uh, also developed into cracks in the brick, and I'm oh, bummer. Have like a half inch crack on one corner. Mm, that's serious. Breaking my heart. So, uh, what were you? Uh, what kind of question did you have for our guys? Any repair? I have been wetting this area down, hoping that it'll close some of it uh, back up. Um, but uh, at this point, I have cracks in the ground that I can run a hose in for hours, and it doesn't. Oh boy, no. Dell, Jeff, what do you think? Well, you know, you can you can repoint the brick. Um, that's that's not a you know that's not a big deal to do that. Um, none of the brick is cracked; it's just the mortar joints, correct? Well, it it breaks through some of the brick. Like oh man, yeah, that's five. that's a little more serious. Yeah, the um, only way to fix broken brick is to replace remove them. Brick. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, what a bummer! Yeah, there's no way around it. It might be. It might be worth Owen getting a foundation specialist out to take a look at that. <clears throat> yeah, anytime you have a broken brick versus just mortar, mortar, uh, it's a little more serious, Owen. Yeah, I get a structural um, person out. Yeah, yeah a foundation definitely. person. Okay, is it? Uh my inclination is not to do anything now, but to wait till like spring, where the ground is back wet again. Well, and the structural person won't care. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would, I would have it looked at. You know, I really would. Um, you know, gather some information, get a couple different opinions. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Because this is going to happen again, so you might want to oh, yeah. look at a system that's going to uh, fluctuate <clears throat> with the ground. Right. All right, thanks, Owen. We appreciate it. All right, let's go to... Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's go to Christy is on the road. has got a question about her Subaru check engine light. What's going on, Christy? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Okay, uh, I have an 06 Subaru Impreza. Uh Uh-huh. Now in the South, you know, Subarus, people don't know what kind of animal that is. Um, this is my third one. Uh-huh. Okay, the one that I have now. I just purchased it less than two months ago. About two weeks ago, I noticed some hesitation, like it's uh, kind of sputtering a little bit. We're just real hesitant, okay? 
Um, so I went online, I Googled it. I had a feeling it had something to do with the O2 sensors, maybe, just in some past experience. And then, of course, when I Googled it, that scared the bejesus out of me because everything right. possible is wrong with it. So I, I went, so then I uh, sent my search to, you know, O2 sensors, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what I came up with was suggestions that I did this. I did this for Monday, actually. I unhooked the negative charge on the battery. I let it sit for about two minutes. And I turned it on to on, but not crank it. Let it sit there for about two minutes. And I cranked it. It ran perfectly until late last night. Same thing happening again. With the cruise light flashing and the uh, check engine light on. Huh. So I cannot take another hit from a car repair right now. What, what any suggestions? Yeah, Christy, um, and maybe you have a vacuum leak because the cruise would be affected by that. Most of them are run off a vacuum system. And what it is is like your check engine light, it may be fine when it's not reading that vacuum when the, when uh, when you had cleared that, that, you basically cleared the check engine light. And then when it read it again, it's reading a, a, a gross air leak, basically, and then it compensates for it and it's making it act up. So that sounds like what it may be. You you might, Chris, you can just look under your hood and look for your vacuum line system and get familiar with that and see if you see anything broken or disconnected. Uh-huh. And that literally can probably uh, fix your problem. Yeah, did you say it was an 06? Yeah. Okay, so you've had 10 years to dry rot a vacuum line. So you can and look at those lines to see if you see like little tiny cracks going across them also. Even that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay, okay. Um, let me throw this at you also. When I, after I've driven for, not, you know, maybe, I don't know, 20 miles, when I lift my hood, it is so hot. It's extremely hot. Is that okay? Is that normal? Is your, your, um, Engine temperature cooling gauge. temperature okay? Yep. Uh-huh. It's staying at operating Eight, temperature? Five, yeah. You might want to have that looked at. Maybe uh, they can do the infrared temperature sensor and point it at your hoses and everything. Make sure the temperature's getting where it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and not going over it. Uh, you might want to look in your coolant reservoir to see if thing, anything's boiling over into that. Okay. And that, so what I'm saying is maybe your coolant temperature sensor is not reading correctly, perhaps. Yeah. So you're getting the right temperature inside, but maybe it's actually hotter than right. it's supposed to be. And could be something like just the radiator cap's pressure's right. gone bad a little bit. But before you something take the like radiator that. cap off, Google it. Uh, <laughs> you can damage you taking a radiator oh, cap yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Christine. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to take a quick little break. Yes, Frank, Blake, and Glenn, we will be back with you in just a second. Uh, we'll be back with another discussion here. Listeners, what questions do you have about your winter car maintenance? You can call us here with the questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. When we come back, we'll be talking about the tire pressure light villain again. So, 877-MPB-RING. This is MPB.
This election year has been unpredictable, and it can be hard to keep track of what's true or not. But NPR's election team wades through it all, so you don't have to. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, agriculture in Mississippi. It generates billions of dollars. Is Mississippi's number one industry. It's the driver of our economy. The state is an agriculture leader for the nation, but there are some challenges. We feel like we have two choices. We have to import our labor or we'll have to import our food. From overseas and here at home. I don't have a problem with it as long as they play fair. We take a closer look at agriculture in Mississippi on At Issue. This Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solution 601. Mr. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is here. And, of course, our guest today is mechanic Allison Walker. You can uh, call us at 877-MPB-RING, or you can send us an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's go straight to the phones. Frank has been waiting in Jackson. He's got a question about that darn tire pressure light. You with us, Frank? Yes. So what's going on with this tire pressure light? Uh, Well, a couple of things. My daughter educated the old man a couple of years back because I can never remember what side of the car the gas uh, funnel was. Oh, so she showed you the little arrow by the gas? She showed me the little arrow. Right. (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't know what Frank is talking about, there's a little arrow by the fuel indicator that tells you, and it points in a particular direction. That is the direction of the fuel door on the car. Uh, right. For those of you who don't know, so if you like get a rent a car or something like that, you can tell which side you need to pull into the pump based on that little thing. Yeah, it's actually a little triangle. Yeah. My next question is, why don't they do the same thing for this low tire? I mean, you got to check every one of those tires yeah. that like to go out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Huh? And there's different <laughs> systems for different car companies and different cars of how they do it. It's a it's a mess. They're starting to kind of get it kind of get it standardized a right. little bit finally, but um, it's but that been does a mess make for sense years. because you can tell Frank, and uh, it's kind of funny because. If they have separate sensors for the doors to tell you if the if the passenger right. uh, rear door is open, you know that that's the door that's open. You know what I'm saying? Well, the It'll problem is, too, when you have your tires rotated, mm-hmm. you need to have it. If you have the TPMS system, you need to have that changed for where your tire's at so it can read which which tire and be correct on which one it's telling you is off. Oh, man, now it's, it's trigonometry. Yeah, we went there. it turns into trig big time. I don't, I don't like I, I think they could have done a better job with that stuff. All right, Frank, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's go to Blake in Dolphin Island, uh, and you have a leaking tire, an actual leaking tire, Blake? Yes, sir. So, so what's up with this tire? Uh, yes, sir. I, um... I, they're the original tires from 2009, mm-hmm. um, and I have one. It has a slow leak. I brought it in. I brought it into a tire shop, and uh, they couldn't find anything wrong with it. And um, then I had a little issue with a sensor, so I brought it into my uh, into the dealership, the Honda dealership, mm-hmm. and they couldn't find anything wrong with it. But I have to add air to this tire once or twice a week for about the past year. Let me let me ask you. Uh, wh- 
You said you've had these tires since when? Seven years. 2009. How many miles do you have on these tires? About 45,000. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's about it. You got about, well, uh, depending on the tire that you bought. On the new ones go out faster, too. Yeah, uh, depending on the tire that you bought, you may have another 12,000 miles left, maybe. Yeah, those are the original. They don't, they probably, they're they're done. Originals are 30 grand, Mm -hmm. you know, 35,000. And he's gone 45, seven years, so. Right. Yeah. Um, you just well, need they, some new tires. They, they said that they were still fine. Well, I brought them into the, the even the tire shop says they were all fine, and then there's no dry rod or anything, so I keep it uh, in a garage. Mm-hmm. Um, what brand tires are these that don't have dry rod at seven years? That's pretty good. Yeah, you know what brand they are. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I would just replace the, the two that that side is on. Like, say it's your front left tire, go ahead and replace your front two tires. Now, and put your good tires on the back. Allison, you, yeah. you you think he may have a rim problem? Could be. May have hit a curb. Never hit a rim. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I could you have. You got a good point there. Someone, mm-hmm. Yeah, someone had mentioned that before. Have you had um, it road tested? That's probably what you really need to do is have it uh, put on the balance machine and road tested. It road tests okay. automatically when they go to balance a tire. And one of the things to look for know. also, Blake, is the uh, the valve stem. Yeah, uh, a valve stem, which is a very cheap little portion of the whole tire system, uh, can go bad or. Well, if it was leaking, they should have caught it with the soap water. You would think they yeah. might Hopefully have been checking, that. right? This is, they, they actually replaced know. the valve stem already because okay. it, it actually snapped off uh, when I was adding air to it. So they put it. In, they actually replaced the sensor and the valve stem. I don't know if I got had for the sense for the sensor or not, but they said it needed to all be replaced. Um, wow. And it still leaks. <laughs> I know um, repeatedly putting air in a tire will make that stem go I, out again, you know, the, over and you over. You could, uh, Blake, since you like to roll for a long time. You know, I I had a car one time. I was uh, parked on Bourbon Street, and the tire went flat, and I grabbed a fix-a-flat I had in my back of my car and filled it up and went and aired it up, and it lasted for years, and that was in a sports car of mine, so I wasn't driving it politely, and it lasted until <laughs> I sold the car. <laughs> Not driving politely. And it, you know, never uh, had another okay, problem. So I, I could do something like that. Will, will that mess with the sensors at all? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's be straight. All right. Yeah, that's true. That was back before that going on and everything. And car people hate dealing with that stuff. But, I mean, it worked. It's milk in the bottle. What I would do, Blake, if I were you, is get you some soap water mixture and go and spray that tire down and drive it forward a little bit and spray it down till you see something bubbling and see if you can find it yourself around the yeah. rim on the inside and outside, too. When yeah, I had that done already, um, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I actually had it done at two different places. And they couldn't find anything. Um, yeah, you you need to have yeah. that tire taken off and yeah. road tested and or Blake, the rim checked for. It should be okay. dipped in the full body of water. My, my suggestion mm-hmm. is you know, not taking it to. My tire shop does that. Yeah, I was going to say. They have a tub. Yes. Don't take it to uh, a dealership. Take it to a used tire store. And the reason why is that those guys are so accustomed to working yeah. with tires like that mm-hmm. uh, that are problem children. And, Maybe his neighbor's playing a horrible joke. Oh, oh the air. <laughs> I'm back in. Do you like you your neighbors, check that, Blake? Blake? Yeah, check that too, Blake. <laughs> and those intervals stems, sometimes they can do, uh, act up with the weather, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Blake, we appreciate it. Good luck with that, and I uh, hope you find your leak. All right, our uh, next co- call goes to uh, Elsie, and she's on the road. And getting the house rewired, is that what you're doing, Elsie? Yeah. 
Wow, the whole house. Tell us about that. Uh, yes, we just bought a house recently. It's an old mill house. It's about 100 years old mm. in Lindale, Georgia. And I'm updating it. I want to put new cabinets and redo the whole kitchen. And the person that's doing it said we need to have the house rewired first. I agree with that. I think that's a really good idea. It's probably knob, it's probably knob and tube. Mm-hmm. Old fuses. So, it's a house fire. Is it what? It's, it's probably knob and tube wiring a um, hundred years ago, of course. Right. Uh, even, um, even if it were updated, say, 30, 35 years ago, it, it would still, it's probably a really good safety measure to go ahead and rewire. Sure. But my problem, what I'm trying to get an understanding is what's the good pricing. Because I've had an older house before in Illinois, mm-hmm. and we had it rewired, and it didn't cost that much. And the person is telling me now, one estimate I got, they said $8,000. How, how many estimates have you received? I've only gotten one so far, so I'm just trying to get one oh, yeah. baseline. What, what's the square footage? I don't know the square footage, but it's a pretty large house. It has, like, four bedrooms and, you know... Two living rooms, two dining rooms. Yeah, one older houses. Eight thousand dollars does not sound um, unreasonable to me, mm-hmm. but it's also okay. not unreasonable. Uh, I would say always get three quotes. Get three quotes, and and as Dell has mentioned a hundred times, don't always go for the cheapest because you'll get the cheapest. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Cold is just the cheapest. You can. Right. Step it up a little. You might want to, so, but uh, you know the the mid range or the high range is I, I think a little better than than the lowest. You know, and to get oh. the use out of the house, you might want to update those plugs and you know put things where you're going to need them at. You know, yeah. add LED extra plugs. Yes, you know. uh, the USB. Yeah, um, everything rewired with the security system. I mean, this right. is a chance to go ahead and do it right before. Update. Yeah. All right. But thanks. We were thinking about getting a security system anyway too. Well, thank you. There you go. Thanks, Elsie. All right, let's go to Eddie in Meridian. He's got a question on wheel alignment for a front-wheel drive. Are you with us, Eddie? Yeah, how you doing? Good. What's going on? Four wheels uh, alignment on a front-wheel drive car. I've got a Saturn, a 2006 Saturn IX front-wheel drive, same as the same year as Chevy Cobalt. And when I go to check on a, a wheel alignment, they try to push four-wheel alignment on me. When, uh, when I've got a haze manual for this car, there's the back end has got uh, beam axles, you know, and shocks. Uh, I don't see how you can uh, uh, do a four-wheel alignment on this kind of car when there's nothing to adjust in the back. The reason they do that is because something could have got bent, so it makes sure everything is lined up correctly so that, like, if your back is off just a little bit, it can make your car go, like, drive left or right and pull uh, and actually affect your car a good bit. So that's why they recommend that, just to make sure nothing's been damaged. But you can. They, they should be able if you recommend, or you ask for a front-wheel drive alignment for just front wheels, they should do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they you know, used to be when I had another front-wheel drive, they called it a thrust alignment. In other words. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, basically they're just, yeah. It, yeah, it affects um, your thrust, how it pushes. Mm-hmm. But that seems to have gone away. Uh, you know, it depends who you go to. I know that. But the trio I went to, it was like either four-wheel alignment or not. I'm thinking, no, there's uh, there's nothing to adjust back there unless, like you say, if something got damaged, then, well, you know, you would replace something. Or like you, you're just saying, you uh, uh, adjust your front wheels to line up with your 
rear wheels if something got damaged to right. the back, but that's I don't right. see how that can happen very often. Uh, that's a bit of a scam, I, I, I can't think. Yeah, don't you think? Um, yeah, it depends yeah, on what they they're saying. Just, they, I'd rather have all of mine adjusted anyway, I just because the streets that we drive on up here, you know. Huh? Oh, yeah, I know. I know. But uh, it's not an adjustment for the rear. It's there's no adjusting points up there. I'd say I probably what they're thinking, too, is by the time you put all the sensors on the cars, you have to put all the sensors on all four tires. You have to make sure all four tires are aired up to spec. By the time they've done that, you might as well check it all out. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 a it's a pain, really, to do just a, you know, just charge for a front wheel alignment mm-hmm. because you're pretty much Doing you're checking everything. Anyway. Yeah. So well, that's yeah, probably what they're trying to do. You know, just trust alignment, and it was about half or something like that. That was like maybe 10 years ago or something. And it was still a front-wheel drive car, a 90 model. They might. It might have been a different machine then, too. Is it, they, do, they do keep getting advanced, more advanced with the alignment systems and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Tom. Okay, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Uh-huh. Thanks. That was uh, Eddie. Sorry about that. In Meridian. Let's go to Tom now in Tupelo. Uh, and should he take an old motor home on a long trip, I'm assuming, Tom? Are you with us? <laughs> Uh, yeah, happy Halloween there, guys. Uh, yeah, happy Halloween. I, I don't just want to talk about tires. How about uh, taking a 20-year-old motor home? Uh, you think you could take that on a 5,000-mile trip? Would you trust that, or would you trust it for five miles? Or, or? Uh, when's the last time it was completely and totally and wholly serviced? Oh, well, it's been sitting in the yard for 10 years. Uh, no, Tom, sir. I, I, can, <laughs> see it, Tom. I, I can answer that for you, um, quite frankly, from personal experience. Just throw the lake in it, and don't pull that too far, right? That I, uh, I had a 2000 motorhome that was serviced religiously. Um, took it out, um, leaving New Orleans, headed mm-hmm. to Florida. Mm-hmm. Broke down on the side of I-10. Oh, my gosh. Hottest place on the world. $10,000 <laughs> later, oh I got my motorhome back. So, oh man. you know, you, you've got a house sitting on the side of the road. Right. You don't, you don't call a normal tow truck. Right. It's, it's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you this, Tom. What you could do, get yourself a big... Where you on, take it? You can get your big dually truck... And you can just hook it to that and pull it wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always borrow one or rent one. Yeah. <laughs> or stay at home, man. Unless yeah. you're a right? Right. Yeah, get a, get a, get a plane ticket, Tom. All right. Thanks a lot, sir. Let's go to Larry real quick and Hazelhurst. Uh, and this is a great question. So many people ask this during the year. Uh, Larry is asking about a gasoline additive for winter. Are you with us, Larry? You there? Yes, sir. We're here. So, so you want to know about the gasoline additive for winter, right? Yeah. A uh, year ago, I bought a wonderful Prius two, getting forty four, just like consumers report said I would. Overall, forty four. Uh-huh. And yet, in the winter hit, uh, it went to thirty eight, and in the spring it came back to forty four, forty five. And somebody said, well, that's the winter additive that they put in gasoline. Is there anything to that? Well, the winter additive in gasoline is called water. Uh, Go ahead, Allison. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of the winter gas and the, and the summer gas? i never heard of that. Now, up north, I could see them doing that, you know, for sure. They do all kinds of different stuff up north that I don't even have an understanding. Right. I've studied it a little bit, but 
you know, we don't have to know about that stuff. Right. Down here. They do so that, change the gas even down here to the winter blend okay. mm-hmm. each year. That's right. Uh, and it's usually actually around this time each year um, when they change the winter blend. And um, actually, come to think of it, the winter blend is a little stronger than the summer blend. The summer blend's the one with the more water on it. So the gas goes up and we get less mileage. Yes. Oh, of course. Right. That's it's, the way the ball typical. bounces, man. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And with the gas mileage, it's a standardized test that they use. That's why you're not actually going to get the, the gas mileage that it says. They have to standardize it so they can make it equal with all cars. They use 100% ethanol, and they, they do it at a certain temperature, a certain place in right. California. I think, so, a lot of, so a lot of people ask this, should you use gasoline additives in uh, your car? As far as for a winter one, I've actually never heard of that, so that's new to me. Okay. I recommend a once a year fuel clean anyway, fuel system clean uh, as far as a gasoline additive anyway. But one, um, once a year, that's okay. interesting. Um, yeah, I have to look in that. I don't know about that. How often should you change those gas filters? The fuel filter? Yeah, just in general, because yeah. I don't know how many you got on these vehicles. Oh, I'd, I'd say you want to make sure it's done probably every fifty thousand at least around up in there, and that's important because you'll end up having to replace the fuel pump like like Oops. I had to help deal with. Um, right. <laughs> Get ready, Larry. All right. Appreciate it, man. I've also heard, you know, that uh, some of those additives don't do a whole lot of anything. except maybe increase the octane uh, in your gas, which supposedly makes it more efficient. But we're talking about uh, by decimal points, not really. And, you know, that bit. might have been back in the day where changing your octane uh, had more of an effect, but now they're so regulated with the computers and how mm-hmm. the, the system runs uh, on your fuel ratio and all that. You don't you don't have to worry about that so much. Man, no a lot of horsepower, a lot of uh, information and more to get to. But we are out of time, folks. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Jonas Adams. A call screener today was Mr. Kevin Farrell. For Delmore, Jeff Sammons, and Allison Walker, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for the Wednesday 10 a.m. show, Everyday Tech with Miss Sharita Brent. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.